Uh, here's, yeah, no, that's funny. Here's how we're going to start. Um, we're just going to kind of do some Devo time together today before we jump into other stuff. We'll go through your binder a little bit later, and that's more of the, like, here's how this program works. You guys know some of that stuff, but that's, it'll be more the official side. But right now, if you got your Bible, grab it. Um, if you want to use your phone or whatever you can, I don't know how you do that. One of the super cool things about having a job in ministry is that you bring your Bible to work all the time, and that's like part of your part of the thing. So um, it's fun, but uh, especially when you're in here, we're going to spend a lot of time, a lot of time in the book. So open up to Psalm one, and that's where we'll start today. Uh, I think almost every residency class, like group of residents. We'll start in Psalm 1 at some point. I think this is just a great anchor point to start our time. So you've probably read this before, um, but let's just kind of sit in it and soak in it a little bit today. I think it's just such a good way uh, a good way to start our time. So um, Psalm 1, I'll read it through, and then we'll just kind of make some comments um, and some application through it. So this is Psalm 1. It says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Um, so let's just kind of talk back through this a little bit as we sit in it. So I've, I've heard it said before um, in studying the Psalms that pretty much every theme that you would find in the Psalms, you can find in Psalm 1 somewhere. So this first one like sets the tone and sets it all up. So any, almost anything you would find in the Psalms, you could find somewhere here and point back and say, this collection of books, this collection of songs, this collection of prayers, started thematically with everything here. Um, so everything that we would worship through in the book of Psalms is here in just a few verses, which I think is pretty sweet. Um, The first thing I want to point out that I think is really, really important, and this, I think, is such a, um, when we prayed for holiness, you know, a few minutes ago, that really is a big deal to us here. And not in a, like, legalistic, you better be good kind of way, but just you will be more useful in ministry. You will be a happier, more joyful person. You will be a healthier person. You will be more effective at everything you do if holiness is one of your primary goals. Um, I just think God looks at us and says, that is a holy, clean, ready-to-use, set-apart-for-my-purpose tool in my hand that I don't have to, like, worry about, you know, all the time. Like, holiness really matters. So look at this in these first few verses. It says, blessed is the man, of course, or woman. Blessed is the person who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked, stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. I love that progression. I don't know if you guys have a different version. It may say it a little differently, but... That progression of things, like walking in the council of the wicked and then standing and then sitting. You notice how that moves. Like at first you're just like, well, I'm kind of walking along and they happen to be here too. And we're kind of walking together and ah, maybe it's not that bad. Um, you're walking. But um, he says, don't even do that. Like don't walk in the, in the way of sinners. But then that next thing is standing there. It's like it goes from just like I'm walking through and passing through and we all happen to be moving so like, I think I'm just going to stand here for a minute and see what you're talking about and see what's going on. And maybe I'll just like grab a spot in the corner. And then it moves to sitting. That's like, I really got comfortable here, right? Um, I just think that progression is so how it works. You know what I mean? 
um, the things that just kind of come along our way, that we're moving, you're just in the stream of culture, you're in the stream of people around you, you're in the stream of what seems normal everywhere else you look, or on Instagram, or wherever you are, the things that fill our mind with what just seems normal and right. First, you're just kind of walking along, and it's hard to avoid, and you're in the current, and then it's like, well, I kind of camped out here a little longer than I thought, and then before you know it, you got a couch set up in the corner, just hanging out. And I just want to say, let's start here. Like, you're here for a new ministry job in a new phase of your life. Let's just start here and say, don't even walk that way. I, I just want to call you and ask you to be weird. <laughs> like, just be weird for the gospel a little bit. It's okay if people around you, even sometimes people in the church, it's okay if they do things in a way that's a little worldly, I guess. Let's call them out of it. But don't just say... I think it's easy to, to make little compromises, sometimes even for the sake of mission, right? And it's like, I, don't, I want to be like, we don't want to be so weird or like Pharisees or legalistic. And don't be legalistic. You can be holy and not be legalistic. Um, don't walk in the way of sinner. Don't even walk. So like if that means, I just got rid of social media because it doesn't matter and it makes me unholy. Beautiful. People may think you're weird and I'll say you're holy. And I think God will say you're so useful to me. I'm not saying you have to do that. Just an idea. Uh, movies you watch. I don't know what is temptation for you or what is sin for you. I don't know where it starts to feel like walking and standing in the way of sinners for you in the movies and the shows and the music you listen to. I just want to ask you, be willing to be weird if it means you're more holy. Um, and I think that's something that we have lost a little bit um, because it's just so easy, again, to be, to like for the sake of mission or for the sake of not being legalistic or for the sake of kind of appealing to the world. And I'll just say, I really believe the greatest appeal to the world is true holiness. Mm-hmm. It may not be at first, it may not be on the surface, but if you really are genuinely living a holy life, they're going to see Jesus lifted up. And God says when Jesus is lifted up, he will draw people to himself. So I just want to call you to that. I don't know where that hits you or where you might need that or what areas of your life are those blurry lines. But I would just say, when we're talking holiness, draw hard lines and be okay with that. And be okay if people think you're a little crazy. Um, Because here, we celebrate holiness. And I think it's a beautiful thing. So don't even walk, let alone stand or sit. Um, But then look at verse two, of course, the change. So don't, don't walk there, don't stand there, don't sit there, but delight in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night, this person. Um, who is holy and walking in the way of the Lord on his law, he meditates day and night. Of course, that means like the scripture, right? Like God, how he has revealed himself to people, and what we know about him and what we can know about what he wants from us is what they mean by law. It's like a lot to download in that word. Everything God has revealed to us about himself. I just want to ask you to delight in the law of the Lord. Could you say, I, I think all of us would say, like, yeah, I love the Bible. I know the Bible is truth. The Bible is what I live my life by. I think you guys would all say that or you wouldn't be here. Um, but, and, and this, this is for me too, let me preach to myself for a minute, you guys can just listen in, is my delight scripture. And I love it, I love teaching it, I believe it, I'm going to teach it a lot to you, we're going to spend a lot of time in it, I think it matters, I think it's everything to us in um, having a way to know God well in this world. Of course the Spirit, but like He's revealed Himself to us here. I think you guys all agree, I don't have to convince you. But I just want to ask us and keep in front of us again, is it really my delight like, what are the things I delight in? There's lots of things I delight in. I think those are all good and good gifts from him. Would scripture be on that list? And if not, then I think the best way we can, the best thing we can do is ask God to give us that. Um, you, I, don't, I don't know if you can force it, um, but I think you can say, God, I would love to delight in your word. 
Like, help me love it. Help me like it. Help me look forward to it in the morning. It's not just a chore. Help me look forward to it, to delight in what you have to say. Uh, to delight even, like, think of this juxtaposition almost. It's probably weird to us. Delight in the law. <laughs> like, how many of you ever would say, I delight in a law? But here in the psalm, I see the law of the Lord. That is my delight. That seems backwards. Like, I, w- I would even choose a different word. I delight in your word, right? That sounds better. He says, I delight in the law of the Lord. Uh, even to the point that, like, what if you're reading and spending time in it and hearing God's word wash over you, and there's conviction, and there's discomfort, or there's a rub, you know, where it doesn't quite match. Like, to get to the point where that is my delight, too. I, I would rather... Uh, am on my best days. <laughs> Again, I'm preaching to myself here too. You guys just listen in. But I would rather be convicted by God's truth and challenged into that than to swim along in a stream of my own way and then wake up one day drifted so far away from what his intention is for my life. I would rather be challenged by it. It is a delight for God to say, I'm revealing clearly to you what I want. I'm revealing clearly to you what a holy, healthy, full life is. He's not trying to hide it. He's not trying to trick us. He's not made it difficult. He's revealed it. Delight in that. Um, and that's why I think they could say delight in his law. They don't have to try to guess, uh, especially in this world, ancient times, especially in the Exodus time. They, were, they had these gods that they served, and the Egyptians or whoever they were around at the time had gods that they served, and they didn't know what they wanted. They just knew the gods were mad at them all the time. But our God revealed himself and said, I'm not hiding from you. I'm being as clear as I can. This is what I want. He's done that for us. What a gift, you know? Um, so delight in his law. And if you don't have that, and that's going to ebb and flow in seasons, right? When you don't have it, say, God, I want to delight. But I just think thinking of that instead of just, I need scripture because it's the right thing to do. But no, I delight in scripture because it's my life below, right? Um, so his delight is in the law of the Lord. On his law, he meditates day and night. Could you say that too? Like day and night, it's going through your mind. Day and night, it's just in your thoughts. It's in your words. Um, one of the things I loved um, just made me really proud and grateful. In the second years when they were praying, did you guys notice how much scripture was laced in their prayers? Mm-hmm. And I didn't, like, I texted them this morning. Hey, pray for these things this morning. So it wasn't like they've been prepping it. Um, but I, I love that because what that tells me is, to some extent, they're meditating on what scripture says. So then when they pray, that's just what comes out, um, which is beautiful. Like, on his law, I meditate day and night so that when I open my mouth, I don't have anything else to say except that. One of my favorite quotes I'll talk about all the time, you'll get tired of me saying it probably, but here's the first time, is uh, Charles Spurgeon once said, it was, I won't get it exactly right, but it's blessed to eat into, uh, to eat into the soul of Scripture until at last your blood is Bibline, he said, which I think is a word he made up, but I think it's a good one. Until <laughs> your blood is Bibline and the very essence of the Bible flows from you. I love that idea to just think, I want to I digest this so that it is my blood. Everything that gives me life and thought and movement comes from here. And when I open my mouth, it just flows out. What else do I have to say except what I put in? I want to eat into the soul of Scripture until that's just what pours out of me. So on his law, let's meditate day and night and just let it be your source of language and your source of thinking and your source of decision-making so that's what pours out of you. And then here's what I think is so beautiful to kind of like conclude the person that that the psalmist here has kind of built up in verse three it says he's like a tree planted by streams of water like a tree planted by streams of water um one of the things i like about that image is that it's not it's not just that it's a tree which is strong and 
deep roots, which is great. It's not just it's a tree that's like beautiful and you know fruitful and lasts a long time, but a tree planted by a stream of water. One of the things I love about that is that it's going to constantly be watered. It's never going to need for water um, because it's planted right by the stream. Can I just ask you, where have you planted yourself? Well, I think about that too with the like, don't stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers with, because that's where you'd be planted and that's what you're going to be watered with. But I want to plant myself by the stream of living water so that I'm so close to him. I've just built my life in rhythm around him. I've built my mind and thinking around him. I've filled myself day and night with his scripture. It's like a stream that just waters you. Um, you've built your well by where the source is so it'll never run dry. Um, so it's not just that it's a tree which is strong, but it's strong because it's always water. Does that make sense? I love that image. So plant yourself by the stream. Don't plant yourself by other sources that are going to water you with other stuff. Because that's what the fruit you'll produce. Plant yourself by the stream. And then that tree yields its fruit in season. That, that tree yields its fruit in season. And whose leaf doesn't wither. It doesn't wither probably because it's watered constantly, right? But think about that um, phrase a little bit. It yields its fruit in season. Um, does a tree yield fruit every season? No. Just that the season where it's supposed to yield fruit, right? Like if you got apple trees all year round, there's probably going to be an unhealthy apple tree that dies soon. It's probably been chemically made to do that, which means the apples will probably kill you and it's not, you know. <laughs> it produces fruit in season. Um, so I just want to remind you, there will be seasons of more obvious fruitfulness. There will be seasons of less obvious fruitfulness. There will be seasons when the leaves are kind of not as green as they used to be. There will be seasons when you feel like you're thriving. In all of those seasons, a tree doesn't die, a tree isn't not doing anything. A tree is storing up what it needs for the next fruitful season. But it's still planted by the stream where it's being watered and the roots are growing deep. So I just want to remind you, especially entering a season of a couple of years, of a totally different kind of ministry investment. For some of you, this will even be slowing down from what you've been doing recently. Um, and that can be a challenge. But it's on purpose, and there's a season to it. Like this is a season of intentionally stopping planting yourself in the right place for a season of time so that in season fruits produced now the fruit is going to be produced um, on its own time the fruits going to be produced sometimes invisibly like it's building and budding and kind of filling the the roots before it comes out so i just want to remind you for these two years especially early on there will probably be times we talked about this a little bit last night too there will probably be be times when you're like, no, I moved all the way here. I started this whole thing. And what am I doing? Like I went home today and I was like, I'm not sure what I like did. I'm not sure what I'm in charge of. I feel like I'm like trained to preach and teach and I'm not doing any of that yet. Or I feel like I'm really good at leading this kind of group and I'm not really doing any of that yet. And I would just say, you will. In season it will come. And the things you're doing now, the things you're going to do over the next couple of months, the things you're going to do over your first six months, are building in you what you need to be really fruitful in season. So it's part of the process. Plant yourself by the stream. Let the stream produce fruit in you so that in season it comes out. Does that make sense? Just don't get discouraged by the process. Be encouraged by the process of planting yourself where you need to be. And I think it will produce fruit in season. Then it says whatever they do prosper, whatever he does prospers. Um, you guys know that that's not like literally exactly short-term true, right? Just because I love scripture and I have good quiet time every day so that the stream of water is nourishing me, everything I do isn't just going to be great. That's not how it works. But I would say if I could just add a little bit to this verse for clarity, not because I'm trying to add to scripture, but for clarity, 
whatever he does prospers eventually, I would say, I think is the heart of this psalm. It's not just like everything you do is going to be great because you read scripture this morning. It does not work that way. But if you're this kind of person, planting yourself in the right kind of place, filling yourself with the right kind of things, being nourished by the source of life, then in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe 10 years from now. In all things, he will work that way. Eventually. We'll see it eventually. So again, I just want to encourage you. You will see a lot of short-term success. You will see short-term fruit. You will, this summer, make incredible impacts on people. You guys are all going to high school camp, um, which will be exhausting and crazy and wild. And for you said these people already, you're like, yeah, I know it's crazy and it's still going to be hard for you. Those of you who aren't and you're going for the first time with 1,500 whatever students that you don't know and they don't know you, that's hard. It's hard, which is part of why I make you do it. It's hard, but it will be fruitful by the end of that week. You'll be able to see like, wow, this was successful. There will be short-term prospering of your ministry in life. There will be. But then after that, where you go? And after that, what happens? And it may be a while again. To, like there's, there's always an ebb and flow of seasons of what's successful and what's not. So I would just ask you to have the right kind of eyes to look for what success is. Sometimes it's short-term, sometimes it's long-term. Sometimes it's visible, sometimes it's invisible. The question is, where are you planted and what's nourishing your soul? It will produce fruit in season. Does that make sense? Um, so, the wicked, though, are not like that. They're like chaff, the wind blows away. You know what that is? It's like the dry part of the wheat stalk that like you harvest the wheat grain and the other stuff's dry, it just blows away on the wind. Um, therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous, because where were they standing before? They got comfortable standing in places where they didn't belong and their soul was being nourished by garbage. And so they're not going to be able to stand when God looks at them for judgment. I would so much rather stand in a wholly uncomfortable, awkward, socially weird place now and be able to stand when he looks on us one day um, because the wicked won't be able to stand in his presence. For the Lord watches over, verse 6, the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And the last thing I want to say about this psalm is that that phrase watches over. Again, I don't know what version you have. It may be a little different. But in Hebrew, <clears throat> that phrase in mind, watches over, the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, is a Hebrew word, yada, uh, which is the Hebrew word for knowledge, for to know, and to know like deeply and intimately. It's not just to like, I know that because I read it. It's like, I know it because I love it and experience it and am with it and am close to it. It's like an intimate type of knowledge. Does that make sense? So when it says the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, it's not just him like up in heaven keeping an eye and making sure that you stay holy enough. It's not him watching over to make sure you stay on the path. It's not him watching over to make sure you stack up. It's him saying, I know you because I made you and I know everything about you. I know your heart. I know your mind. I know what you're thinking. I know where you're struggling. He knows you. It's not just that he's watching you like a stern judge. He knows you at the heart level. So with all of this stuff, and with all of heading into the next two years, and all of that this week and this day is going to hold for you, I just want to remind you something I think you know, but I want you to know. God is watching over you. God knows you. He knows who you are. He knows that you're here. He knows why you're here. He knows what you're going to do and who you're going to impact and what you're going to learn. He knows the things in this time that are going to break you down a little bit so that you can be built back up into more holiness and more maturity. He knows the things that are going to stretch you. He knows the things that are going to excite you. He knows what you're gifted at. He knows what you're good at. And he also knows 
that just because you're good at it doesn't mean you have to do it today. God knows all of that, and he's watching. And I think you can trust somebody who knows you like that to watch over your way and watch over your path and watch over your growth and shepherd you through it. Um, He's not watching over you to punish. He's watching over you because he knows deep. So let him know you and let him love you because that's what he sees, I think, when he's looking down. So plant yourself by the stream uh, because he knows you and is watching over your way. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, Let me just pray that uh, for us to wrap it up here, okay? And then we're going to jump into more information stuff, all right? Uh, God, we are so grateful that this is what we get to do today, that this is a work day, <laughs> um, and this is what we're doing. God, thank you that you know us so well. Thank you that you see us, that you love us, that you're not watching over us, um, ready to punish. You're watching over us, ready to gently correct, ready to encourage you're watching over us with a yada kind of knowledge and um, with that kind of love for us. Um, you know us because you made us. Um, and so we want to do what you made us to do. We want to do what you called us to do. We want to be who you made us to be. And we want to be like a tree planted by a stream of water that yields its fruit in season. So God, I pray that whatever these residents do prospers in you on your time, in your way, visible or invisible, uh, I pray that they would have eyes to see kingdom fruits. I pray that they would have eyes to see your pleasure and your love for them, your will for them, not just their own. Uh, I pray that they wouldn't um, look around at other trees and wonder why they don't have the same kind of fruit or the same kind of leaves or whatever, Um, but that they would just know, I've planted myself by the stream, so whatever this tree becomes is what it needs to be because the stream of living water is nourishing my soul. So let that be true of everyone here. Before we accomplish stuff, before we go through a program, before we learn stuff, before we meet new people, before we um, you know, get seen or recognized for our giftedness or whatever, before any of that stuff, and far more important than any of that stuff, would each of these residents be a tree that plants itself by the stream of living water so that we're nourished, so that we have a deep well, so that our blood is biblene and the very essence of the Bible flows from us. And so that your word is our life. And that's what we want to start everything today and for this time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.